You're listening to the Homegrown Faith Podcast. I'm Joe Clark, and I'm chatting with my fellow pastor and friend, Richard Sweatman, about God, the Bible, and life lived growing our faith in Jesus. This podcast is coming to you from Hunter Bible Church in Newcastle. Hey there, Joe. Great to be chatting with you again. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you, Richard. How are you? Yeah, very good. Now, <laughs> it seems like uh, you've had a problem to solve recently. Is that right? <laughs> You're right. So I don't really lose things. I've got a pretty good sense of where I put my stuff. That's a rigid part of my personality. And so I can remember the first thing I ever lost was my fifth birthday Polly Pocket ring, which I took to preschool and it's gone forever. (laughs) And there's a handful of things ever that I've lost. But this weekend or this week sometime I have lost something, which is very precious, a $50 note. And I genuinely don't know where it's gone. And so I guess I've been wrestling with, so basically how it happened was I sold something on Marketplace and the person gave me a wad of $50 notes. And I Mm. thought, how very strange, what will I do with this money? Mm. And then of course I decided to spend some of it. So I, cause I needed to buy a mirror for my bathroom. So I find something on Marketplace and I take one of the $50 notes, which is nowhere near my wallet. And I put it on the seat in my car with a few other things. And then I have a day of doing jobs. Yeah. And somewhere during that day, the $50 note has gone. But I didn't spend it. I didn't pick it up. I didn't move it. It doesn't seem to be in my car. Was your window smashed and uh, somebody... Because it was it was tucked under some receipts the whole time. So no one could have seen that. It just looked like a pile of receipts because I'd had to buy some different things for the reno. And so I'm genuinely perplexed and don't know how long to keep looking for because $50 is a lot of money. And, and, and this this is making you question who you are as someone who doesn't lose things as well. deep down not who I am. This is not <laughs> who I am. And so <laughs> I literally was lying in bed last night thinking, yeah, I'm going to get up and check my car again because <laughs> I just, it must be tucked in there. It's, it's tucked somewhere yeah. in that, the yeah. seat. Anyway, and anyway, I've decided that I will check the car one more time. And then after that, I'm going to accept that the $50 note is gone. Yeah. That's and right. perhaps have a happy discovery later. Like maybe it's tucked somewhere else. But yeah, it's going to be a time of personal growth that uh, the things of this world. That's a really will, positive will, way to look will at will that. Fly away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you lose things? Do not put your trust in riches, Joe. They will fly away. <laughs> truly have flown um, away. <laughs> I, I certainly do lose things. Um, oh, okay. And, uh, but and I find it very distressing, very painful. So yeah. um, I, my mind is not at peace. I'm, I'm yeah. the woman with the lost coin who's sweeping the house. <laughs> um, so I, I think that's a, a personal weakness, my inability to come to terms with things that are lost. But yeah, yeah. It, it does happen. Yeah. So, uh, well, I hope, things, you, uh, hope you do find it. Thanks, mm. mate. Yeah. And if I don't? I'll just have to learn a lesson of wisdom of you have the $50 note. Like who didn't learn this when you had the Velcro wallet when you were a child that had a zipper and you were very excited to put your $2 coins in there? Mm. If you have the money, put it in your wallet or you'll lose it. (laughs) I've lost it. All sorts of life life lessons. So many life lessons. Anyway, what about you, mate? What's been happening? Oh, well, I think it's time I shared with the listeners that I have ended up coaching Andy's cricket team this summer. It's happened. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I went. You know, I could see from the some of the muster day links and paperwork that there was no coach. Um, the previous okay. coach's kid had moved to teams. 
Okay. And I, I stressed about this for a long time and said to Jen, I, I'm worried I'm going to get co-opted into coaching. She said, just go to Master Day and just be willing to offer them something, but not everything. <laughs> <laughs> and so I've ended up as the coach. Yeah. So <laughs> Are you co-coaching funny. or solo coaching? Uh, well, the, the co-coach has drifted into the manager's role, which suits me ah, well. Okay. Um, so uh, in the end, I've ended up in the role and um, okay. I actually enjoyed training last night. Oh, so, good. Uh, uh, Any fun positive. fun activities you did? Uh, the, I'll share the fun activity. I, I think the boys need to get uh, catch outfield catches. And if you know what a oh, cricket yeah. ball is like, it can be a bit scary if it's coming out, you know, 30 yeah. metres up in the in the air, coming down ha- hard at your fingertips. And so we, um, I had a, a tennis ball, a sort of half-strength so- soft cricket ball, and then mm. a regular cro- cricket ball. And I mm. put, put, the, put them in three groups, but or a group behind, they put him behind a cone and whacked a ball up high in the air. And cricket training kits have this sort of foamy bat that can really hit a ball very high. So uh, we started with the tennis ball and it was a super windy day yesterday. And so it was actually quite <laughs> hilarious launching this ball up as high as I possibly could and watching these 14, 15 year olds sort of run left and right <laughs> and sort of lunge and dive at this swirling tennis ball. So they and did then, dive? Did they commit to dirt and, yeah, yeah. and grass? Yeah, they would dive wow. to catch it. And then, wow. you know, if they caught it, everyone cheered. If they dropped it, everyone jeered. And so, <laughs> and then if they caught the tennis ball, they graduate up to the, the softball and then up to the hardball. So, okay, um, fun. Yeah, in the moment, I wasn't thinking about anything else in life, just launching this ball up into the high into the air. So, <laughs> that sounds fun. Um, yes, it's been, it's been good. I'll, um, Share you some keep more us cricket updated. stories yeah. as as we go on. But and uh, are these team? This team is not the lorikeets. They would have a no, new name. What no, are these they guys? Don't, they don't have any cool name. It's just under oh. fifteen to eighteen white. So you could um, call them the Galars or something. Oh, like yeah, that. I, don't, I don't think they'd go down too well. <laughs> it's, it's a, the team is slightly cooler than the lorikeets. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, I gotta, gotta, gotta find my got to yeah, rep to maintain. Uh, gotta find yeah where, where how this is gonna play out. But okay. um, anyway, that's enough of my cricket stories. <sighs> um, Bible time, Joe. Yes. What have you been reading? I have been uh, reading and uh, learning from 3 John. Uh, this was preached on at church recently yes. and uh, in our growth group. And the phrase, it's a very you know, short book and you kind of think, well, well what uh, is it? Is it worth put, putting in the Bible? But mm. you know, obviously it is the word of God and it is, makes great contributions. And the thing that struck me is um, from verse 9 um, where the elder, which is John, I can take it, writes, he said, I wrote to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to be first, will not welcome us. Mm. Now, just that, um, that, there's a bit more explanation there, but that phrase, uh, Diotrephes, who loves to be first, I think is kind of unique in the Bible, although it does make you think of um, he who, those who be first will be last, and mm. everyone mm. who wants to be uh, first should be the servant of all. So it does you know, bounce off, echo off, um, the teaching of Jesus. Mm. But that phrase, loves to be first, I think is challenging mm. for anyone, um, anyone really, but you know, particularly people in uh, leadership or mm-hmm. members of a team like, like you and me, Joe. Because mm. um, what we see Diotrephes doing, I mean, loving to be first, that could be anything, you know, first in terms of your own um, uh, comfort or, or leisure or um, status but um mm, mm. in the context what he's doing is um spreading malicious nonsense about uh john not welcoming other believers mm. limiting what happens in the church so it's a kind of wanting to be first in terms of um uh, authority and control mm. and uh mm. 
I just, um, I just don't want to be diatrophies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the simple thing I took away. Yeah. Yeah. The word that comes to mind as you're talking and as we're reading the, the sentence is the undermining power we can have, um, when we are like, well, for me, the undermining power I can have when I'm threatened by someone, if I was to take the same attitude as diatrophies of, well, this person in some way makes me feel threatened, my position, I, I'm going to do something to undermine them um, mm-hmm. and be disunified with them. And I just was, as we were, as you were talking, I just read on a little bit and it, and verse 11, dear friend, do not imitate what's evil, but what is good. And I thought, mm. ah, the answer is not me to not for me to just spend a lot of time thinking about why do I why do I undermine them? Why do I keep doing this? It's instead to say, sorry, God, and then move straight on to what does Jesus do? How do I imitate what's good and how do I focus mm. on the good? Mm. Yeah. Oh, what a what a pithy little sentence. <laughs> yes, yes. And no, very challenging there for Dratrophies. And we so we want to be like Demetrius, another D person yeah. in verse 12. Uh, who is uh, well spoken of by everyone and even by the truth itself. We also speak well of him and you know that our testimony is true. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yep, three John, good stuff. Little simple yeah. message there. I'm just, I'm just imagining people who are listening along and thinking, um, oh, actually this is something I've been doing or this is something I need, I'm wrestling with. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you reckon repentance looks like when it comes to realising that, Richard? Yeah. Uh, no, I think... Um, yeah, a simple prayer of confession, mm, um, mm. a prayer for insight into mm. the, one of those prayers in Psalms, like show to me my hidden sins. So yeah. you know, potentially we're more guilty of this than, than what we realise. Mm. Um, a, uh, a meditation, a reflection on the cross of Christ and that his mm. blood covers us, uh, covers our sins. Mm. And um, a prayer that by the Holy Spirit we could change and mm. be um, more willing mm. to be last. Mm. Um yeah, and not not fall into that error. Mm. So that that would be the prayer of confession, and then yeah, yeah I love that putting in putting that into practice. Mm. Um, it's the kind of thing I would love for someone to come and ask me for help on it, or to be able to ask someone for help on it as well. Like mm. this is the sort of thing we we would might struggle to actually talk about because it feels strange to say I just want everyone else to be second to me, but actually <laughs> it's a hard reality for a lot of us that we need to wrestle with. And so yeah, asking for, once we've done that time with had spent some time with God and asked for. That you thanked him for, for our forgiveness and such. That let's have a frank conversation with my ministry leader would be a great step, I reckon. Mm. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. No, mm. So, oh, yeah. Wow, what and, a fruitful uh, book. <laughs> loving it. And Joe, uh, what have you been reading? Well, it's actually interesting. Um, what I'm reading is called God's Good Design, which is an absolute classic. Um, mm-hmm. I've been reading it this week with my MTS trainee. So she's working through the book. I've read it a couple of times and she's working it through. And so we decided to sit down as part of our MTS training to time together and, and read some of it together and discuss it. And the book is written by Claire Smith. It was written a bunch of years ago. It's in its second edition, as you'd know, and it's God's good design, what the Bible really says about men and women. So Claire's an amazing um, Christian woman from around Sydney who's done a, a PhD in the New Testament, which I just love as an aside, mm. seeing Australian women do academic thinking and work because it just really rounds out our academic landscape to see both men and women doing that. But um, she writes, she writes essentially, she tackles all the key passages in the Bible around complementarianism. So men and women being equal but different, which is a bit of a theme I was talking about embracing complementarianism a fortnight ago. But Mm. the thing that jumped out at me was in the chapter regarding 1 Corinthians 14, there's this little paragraph, which really grabbed my heart here. I'll just read it. Mm -hmm. 
It's not good at, oh, sorry, sorry. One of the obvious implications of the wider passage of 1 Corinthians 14 is that the ability to do something does not come with it the right to do it. It is not good enough to say, because I can play the piano, I have the right to play the piano in the band. Or because I lead a Bible study, led a Bible study last year, I can lead one this year. Or because I'm a good Mm. Bible teacher, I have the right to preach. Mm. Or to put it in the way it's often expressed, where it is not about self-promotion, because a particular woman is gifted, a gifted Bible teacher, she should be allowed to preach in the church. The ability to do something does not come with, does not come with the right to do it. This mm. is because there are greater issues at stake. What is best for the congregation? What promotes order? What does God's word say about the relationships between men and women? Yeah. And it just continues on. And she engages with um, speaking in tongues, which is really what's being raised in 1 Corinthians 14. Yeah. And I was just struck by the, that comment um, because I have at different points had people say to me, oh, you wouldn't preach on a Sunday. You wouldn't do that. Oh, but you love teaching. You, you, you're you okay. At that. You're pretty good at that. And I would listen. And it's actually quite a common dialogue around yeah. um, people who um, are women, who are leading and who are, um, have seem to have some teaching gifts. And I was just encouraged that she was reminding me to think um, – what is God's order? What's going to be good for the congregation? What does God say about the relationships that are built between men and women? And to keep, those are the questions I want to have in my mind yeah. when I'm having these conversations. Because often when people say that to me, I say back, oh, I, I really believe that, um, and I'll go into a little discussion of complementarianism, the design mm. of men and women. Mm. But actually, I want to talk about God. So I, I, I might now respond from that question that she writes. I might now respond, yeah, I've, I actually want to look at what I want to think about what God wants for my using my gifts. Mm. And so that's what I often think about when, when I'm thinking about whether to preach or not preach at different things or whether I lead this or do that. Mm. Um, anyway, it, it, in a context of often having to think through different opportunities before me, it was a just a perfect little paragraph to read. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I love the way that you're thinking, how can I talk about God in this situation? Yes. Um, yeah. Which uh, Claire Smith is doing there. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah, I, I think so often I can think, oh, this is the Christian way to think, but it's really more about me than, than God. <laughs> and so um, I always need reminders to <laughs> talk more about God than myself. But um, yeah, I, I just love, the book does a great job of explaining God's order for mm. men and women through the different key passages in the New Testament and the Old Testament. And so yeah. I definitely recommend it as a book. Um, you've read it as well. and we, we both think it's great. Yeah, yeah. I got hold of the second. I must have lent my other copy out to people. I couldn't find oh. it. So I, I bought the second edition. <laughs> yeah, oh, so nice. That's, uh, that's, Is it uh, any different? Oh, I haven't uh, got into the details I yet. I think there's yet. an extra chap- chapter. but um, oh, Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's the sort of thing you want to have on your shelf pretty much yeah. all the time. I think so. And I think it's very accessible because it's, you, you can, if, you, if you're wrestling with one particular passage, the book is in chapters according to passage. Mm. So you can really drop into a passage. Mm. The best way of reading the book is through the whole argument, of course, from yeah, the beginning yeah. to the end. But it's very much, it can be a reference text. You can go, oh, this is a passage that I'm wrestling with. What does Claire Smith say? It's not the only word on complementarian issues, mm. but I think she's done a great job of exploring a passage. And she's, she's writing an Australian language in Australian context. So it's very applicable. And yeah, um, yeah. I found it good. Yeah. So. Now I'll be dropping it into, into it next year for some Bible oh, teaching. Yes. And, yes. Uh, also love the chapter that at the end, um, does it work? Like mm. <laughs> it, 
it's uh, it's so good that she takes the Bible very seriously, but then it does give a bit of time to, well, yeah, actually does it work. Mm, so, mm. Um, and, yeah, I think I love that um, a Christian woman in Australia can write a book, um, be taken seriously, be published, and that that can influence our Christian culture yeah. really well. Like that was not an opportunity open to sisters in Christ who might have those giftings mm. years, years ago. And I'm not making any comment on the past, but more just that my excitement that that's happened. And I'd be so keen to see more women um, writing and publishing and, mm. yeah, serving the church in that way because I don't have I – don't, I wouldn't perceive myself to have writing gifts. I mean, you do, but I, I wouldn't say that's my, my strength. But I just think that that's great for the church to see men and women both contributing to the literature yeah, of our, ta- yeah. our time. Yeah, no, mm. I mean, indeed. Oh, well, man. <laughs> let's uh, wrap it up there, Joe. Great That's a bit of a rant from me. <laughs> Not a rant. No. I'm more like a ramble. A ramble on, on a, something I feel passionately about. <laughs> uh, we love it. We love it. So, um, uh, look, I hope you find your $50 note. And, thank you. Um, yeah, the, I'll, I'll give you an update sometime on the progress of the team. Yeah. What is it, under 15 whites? Under 15 white, yep. Okay. And uh, we've got, um, yep, three John not being first. That, yep. Just, just watch us this week, Joe. We are going to be last in everything. <laughs> we can pull that off. I can pull that off. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, thanks for your tip from uh, your reading on Claire Smith. Yeah, so, it's been good. Mm, good to chat, yeah. mate. See you next week. See ya. Bye. Bye.